Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. This is an extra episode for your YouTube comments because Anthony James and Conrad could not stop rambling on. What a pair of schmucks. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. This is Anthony James and I'm here with Conrad. Hello. That's it. Uh, so this week we have got a lot of YouTube comments to go through. Uh, as usual, it's on a separate video. That's going to keep going, going forward, just to let you know. And in case you're worried, you will be able to catch these extra videos on the audio apps as well. So if you're listening on the audio apps, you'll get this uh, on Spotify, on Pocket Casts, on Google uh, Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, basically any ones uh, that are giving us a fair deal. Forget the other ones. Uh, if you can't find us on something, then shoot me a message on the comments and I'll see if that should be there or I'll tell you it shouldn't be there. Basically, download a good podcasting app. Right. Yeah, all right. Available in all good stores. All, all good Apple stores. Right. Uh, I don't have anything else to say right now. I think we can just get into it. Yeah, let's do it. A stranger from the outside. Whoa. All right. First question. Uh, number of questions here from the same, same person. Uh, what do you think uh, about Mikkel being Jonas's father? Now, that's quite a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a, bad. Like what? Yeah, good, bad. Uh, yes, no. Uh, anything to say about that? <laughs> I think it's it's really fascinating thinking about how Mikkel's life must have been and how he must have been as a father. I, I wonder if we're going to see much of it, um, given. You know, we we have two quite distinct timelines. We have eighty six and twenty nineteen, um, and I, I I don't know if there's going to be sort of a leap forward in the eighties where we sort of go forward. I don't know, fifteen years, and Jonas is a baby. But I, I find it really interesting thinking about Mikkel and how difficult it must be for him and Enos to basically accept that he's going to grow up in the eighties now, but knowing that you know he he always wants to like he's always trying to kind of get get away from his mother figure and get mm. back to his correct time. I, I hope they, they go into that um, and we get to see how, how that develops. But I imagine that's going to play into his relationship um, with Jonas, either implied or, or actually explicitly shown in that Mikkel feels like a man out of time and maybe struggles to connect with his son because he knows that he's kind of not his son. He's also his friend's uh, friend's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it'll. I, I I wonder how much of that kind of Back to the Future weird relationship stuff is going to come into it, or whether Mickle's just kind of clean his palate of it and accept that he lives in the eighties and and sort of start afresh. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, cool. So the top the top new pro then goes on to sort of elaborate a little bit and says, which might have helped you in the in, initial uh, question, <laughs> but um, it goes on to elaborate because this is more sort of honed in on the uh, relationships, as I was saying in the main episode. Someone okay. asked about this. So um, I'm going to run through this and then you can just give your rundown at the end, right? Uh, so how do you feel about Marta being the aunt of Jonas, Ulrich being the grandfather of Jonas, uh, which could maybe even mean that uh, Hannah is she is sort of going out with her father-in-law. Um, also, Hannah is also... She made out with both Ulrich and his son. Uh, <laughs> Jonas made out with his aunt, which could mean that Marta is uh, Marta 
yeah so okay so it's, it's confusing it's just, it's just confusing uh... even at this point because <laughs> then they said i think which could mean that marta is hannah's niece uh mm, marta would be hannah's sister-in-law i believe but that's okay top new process sorry if i got some of the incest uh, the in-law stuff wrong it's all a bit confusing you're right but i think marta would be hannah's sister-in-law because mickle is is marta's brother I mean, yeah, I'm just going to take every, all of that at your words because I haven't even started considering that, to be honest. It's ridiculous. I d- uh, so I don't know. I wonder how much of it's going to come into it <laughs> because it's if it starts getting into this like weird family drama of like kissing cousins it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare to keep track of so i wonder if the show is just gonna be like now nah, we don't care about that and just move on, move on from it but um i suspect there will be there will be some and um it's definitely interesting as as top new pro has uh alluded to in his in, in there i should say sorry uh their their first um question that it's obviously going to have an impact like mickle's experience is going to have an impact on how he raises jonas and it must have an impact on the people around Michael as well, uh, like his relationship with them. So I'll definitely be interested to see how he actually forms those relationships. You know, he kind of seems, he, he's an, Mikkel is an odd character because he seems to just be like accepting of the relationships in the eighties, you know, with Hannah in particular, maybe he's just happy to have someone to have someone to talk to and, and, you know, be friendly with, but he, he, he certainly seems willing to make the best of a bad situation. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so I find it interesting all the all the uh, different relationship stuff. I know it can get a bit mind bending if you actually think about it, but I I, I really find it really strange and interesting. Um, <laughs> I need to visualize it. I can't when it, like the, about halfway through that, I just started going cross-eyed. It's like they're just all they're all related, and that's all I can do right now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I will make one. I will say one thing about the that idea of Jonas and Martin being related, though something that the show did which i found very interesting is that just right before they revealed that actually marta was Jonas's auntie they had us experience the kiss of uh yeah. so obviously a lot of people had already put it together that 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 that, that was the case but even bef- before you put it together maybe you're not really thinking about the familial bonds there but i think the way that they've done that we as an we as an audience experienced that relationship sort of come to fruition in a way they had a kiss before or if they do it again for example right we'll have in our head what their relationship is from now on yeah but they actually gave us a bit of their relationship like they gave us that kiss before we knew that if you know what i mean yeah even though though we did but yeah they didn't want to yeah but they didn't want to sort of fully taint it yeah it before that Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, next question. Shade of the evening. Three questions for you, Conrad. First question. You've, you've sort of answered all of these, but we'll go through them anyway. Okay. Um, uh, actually, it's four questions because uh, she adds on one at the end. So question one, how does the stranger know Jonas and his father? So you sort of already touched on that yeah. in the theory. So yeah, so I th- I I do I do think that the stranger is Jonas now. I'll, I'll have to. I'm perfectly willing to accept that that's completely wrong though, because I've been wrong on the stranger's identity so many times already. But I I think that the the scene in the cemetery was even if it even if it's not Jonas, it was such like a the the the, the script and the way it was acted was so poignant that I I think it, it must be someone very close to Jonas or or someone who was very close to Mikkel. Um, 
who we haven't actually haven't actually met yet um mm -hmm. i i think broadly speaking so i think the stranger is off trying to combat whatever noah's up to by kind of throwing wrenches into noah's plans and i think mickle is going to become a key part of that and they're basically going to do i'd, I'd like I, this is going to sound like a joke but i do legitimately mean this uh, having having jokes about time cops and stuff in the past but i think i think mickle and the stranger are going to kind of be hopping between timelines uh you know trying to trying to basically change things that that noah is is maintaining yeah. um that's that's i think where the show is going to or where i hope the show is going to go from here so that would be how he knows mickle at least okay interesting second question did ulrich rape katarina yes i think so okay i think I'm pretty, we'll I'm pretty confident on that like it's it's mm. well it's certainly implied quite heavily that he did oh yes yes of course it is yeah um okay so we'll just leave that there because i think we've touched that we've, we went over that a fair bit uh so uh, I'll reference you to the appendix uh, main episode. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> the next question is asked in German. Uh, nice. Because uh, Shade of the Evening says that she's trying to learn a little German. So I don't speak German, so I'll ask you it in German. I'm sure you'll know what it means with, right, your, okay. with your knowledge. It's very simple. You'll know it. Wo ist Noah? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Tell us what that means. Uh, it's uh, where, is, where is Noah? Yeah, that's, uh, what I, that's what I thought it was. I don't quite know how to comprehend that question. I think it's, well, maybe it's alluding to the fact that uh, we had Noah in different um, timelines. You know, we had Noah yeah. in the 80s and in the in the sort of 2010s. So maybe it's sort of alluding to that. What, like... Well, so, okay, this this actually leads me into something which I didn't really get into in the main episode. So this can be a little, a little teaser theory or a little extra bonus theory for those of you listening at home. But... Um... <laughs> So the reason I said in the beginning that I thought Peter Doppler might be being set up as a red herring because of the red uh, soil on his clothes is because um, we know that Eric Obendorf or um, actually, no, that's not necessarily right. I, I, my suspicion was that Eric Obendorf was being held in the bunker at the Doppler cabin, which Charlotte checked and was empty, which means that if that is the case, um, he's being held there at a different time um which mm. which would imply that noah is making use of that cabin and making use of the bunker at some time when the dopplers aren't there so maybe he's in the future or maybe he's further in the past or something like that and i wonder if peter doppler is being set up like he was just using that cabin to have like an illicit affair or something like that <laughs> and Noah knows he was there having an illicit affair and has kind of roped him into it by also, you know, having the kids being being murdered or drained or whatever's happening up there, but in a different timeline. So that's that's where that's the voist is uh, Noah. He's he's up at the Doppler cabin getting up to all sorts, but he's there in like twenty twenty two or something. <laughs> no, probably further in the future than that. Twenty fifty, why not? Okay, why not? Um Okay, so uh the last question, which is just, it's literally just a one word answer because we have talked about it before. Um, if Mikkel is Jonas's father, what does that make Marta? So she would, yeah, she'd be his aunt. Yeah. Yeah. Cor but, correct. Uh, well, ding, ding, ding. But it's, you know, it's hard <laughs> with these because as soon as you get into that, it starts all, it starts all falling apart <laughs> because they're, because 
their familial bonds have just been all blown apart by this this time travel business so i i yeah i'm not convinced the show's going to get into it that much but we'll see if it does i'm not against the idea of it awesome okay so uh the next one uh is a question and sorry if i uh, mispronounce your name but it's uh loe backler i hope that's correct um so question is why do you think this is a great question? Why do you think Mickle killed it? Um, I suppose Mickle, Michael. Oh, good thing that you know now. That would have been a real. <laughs> that would have been a real slip. Would have been a real blunder. Yeah. Why do you think Michael killed himself in the first episode? Um, that is a good question. So the stranger says that death is. I'm trying to remember the exact quote when he's talking to Jonas it's something like death is indecipherable but you can accept it and I wonder whether he whether we're through this this series or perhaps through all of the all of the seasons of the show so not just this season we'll we'll see Mickle's experiences and come to learn that he sees death as sort of the natural end of his loop so to speak so it's not I, I don't think he killed himself for this sort of standard reasons that someone might kill themselves because you know they're, de- they're depressed or or they feel hopeless or, or anything like that i i think he is, is going to see it as a as a, a natural way to close off his loop having done what he can do and it, within the sort of time that's allotted to him um hmm. i think that's going to be the reason for it it's called closing your loop <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, uh, Loe also sort of puts out. Now we did actually put out to the uh, to the listeners early on in the podcast. Uh, we asked them whether or not it would be okay if you list if you watched the show more than once, and the vast vast majority of them said it was fine. Loe has requested that you don't do that. <laughs> uh, has requested that you only watch it once so that you can be more surprised when they give you the answers. Um, I I know I know exactly what you mean. Um, it would be interesting to see uh, Conrad's surprise. Personally, though, I really like that the podcast we get to hear all these crazy theories. And the more he watches it, yeah, like the closer he'll get to the truth on some of the mysteries. But for me, I would rather him just take a hundred shots in the dark and then eventually hone that down and get one, um, like he is yeah. doing now, than then uh then just w- i think we have more meat on the bone in terms of listening to his opinions this way than if we just watched it once yeah and, and i think i mean personally watching it twice is just me giving myself more rope to hang myself with really because i <laughs> i'll 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 go down a crazy rabbit hole that has no basis in fact if i get an idea into my head so i i think there's every possibility i i I will probably get more things right than i would if i um if i just watched it once but by that same token i think i'll also get way more things wrong than i would if i um if i just watched it once because i will have more theories so Mm. um it 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 cuts both ways i think of course and uh just to finish off uh on that for loe i'll just say um you're thinking about the idea. So obviously you're making this comment. You knew that Conrad had got the Mickle Michael reveal correct last week. You heard him say it and you were like, oh, he got it correct. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'd rather hear his surprise at it because he got that correct. Now, going forward, especially moving into season two, moving into season three, you've seen the show Loe. He's not going to get everything correct. 
he's going to start getting everything wrong. And I can, <laughs> I can guarantee that. Okay. Um, if he gets everything correct, but I've got like most of this right, to be honest. Um, moving <laughs> forward into season two and season three, like I, I devoted a year of my time to think about what could happen in season three. And then I made about six or seven theory videos before it came out. And I think I probably could count what I got right on one hand. Maybe two at a push. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to get very, very uh, unpredictable is all I'll say. So rest assured, even if he's watching it a hundred times by the end of season two, I don't think he'll predict where it's going to go. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get everything wrong. Don't worry. Like I will make a complete idiot of myself by the time we finish this. Yeah. Exactly. If I haven't already, which I almost certainly have. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> the best thing for it. Okay. Awesome. So uh, next question from Christopher Chiu Tabet or Tabe, I suppose. Um, so you predicted the big twist. <laughs> so this is why I remember I sent you a message and said, don't look at the comments. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, which so, I didn't. Yeah. So uh, it's because of things like this. Uh, so, so you predicted the big twist, but how do you feel watching uh, Jonas find, find out? Uh, I thought it was super touching. I was, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. When when he started reading the reading the the letter and um, and the moment where where Mikkel reveals that he was Michael, I did pump my fist in the air and shout one on the board for Conrad again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a big one as well. That's going right up the the top of the board. That one. Yeah, yeah but, that's um, a good one. But I think it's a it's a really touching scene. It's it's just it's as I as I've said like in the in the episode that we've just done like Jonas is drive thus far has been to understand why his dad left him uh because and, and it's easy to lose that i think because we know we are, there's dramatic irony at work here like we know what's going on Jonas doesn't have a clue as far as Jonas is concerned you know he found some weird paintings from his dad and a map of a of some caves mm-hmm. and he, he, his dad wrote some weird stuff but Jonas doesn't know anything about time travel he doesn't know anything about Mikkel being in the 80s so from his point of view his character is really just trying to piece together why his his dad killed himself and left him because he doesn't have a very close relationship with his mother so for him to have that kind of closure it's it's bittersweet because obviously his dad is still dead but to me it was it was really really touching um Mm -hmm. and and it and it as well as being a great bit of character work between those two it also frees up Jonas's character now to go off and do some crazy stuff because you know there's two characters in this series from 2019 who know what's up one of them's in the 80s and the other one is Jonas so you know I, I can't even predict what Jonas is going to get up to now but it, it just it gives him so much to work with as a character so I can't wait to see where he goes yeah and it sort of also plays into the idea that at the start of the season Jonas was very much framed as the main character of the show um, yeah definitely uh, but then there's it's sort of as the episodes went on he didn't really have much to do yeah um, totally. but now it's it is sort of showing you yeah okay Jonas is special like he does have knowledge that other people don't have so yeah as you say it's really interesting going forward uh okay so another question from christopher um and this is he, this is in reference to the fact that they said uh that they he said that he really likes uh in the in the ariadne scene you know with the the play with martha's doing he yeah. had hairs standing up every time. So like goosebumps, hair standing up. He's asking you, are you feeling a physical chill yet uh, at any reactions to the show? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
I don't know if I really, I definitely, I, I don't get it when I'm watching the show, but when I, when I'm reflecting on my, I'm sure I will at some point, that's not to say I won't, but it's, it's because I'm concentrating so much on what's going on and, and trying to sort of keep sense of, uh, make sense of everything I'm writing down. Um, it hasn't struck me like that yet, but there, when I was writing down my Mickle theory, and again in this episode where I was writing down my Noah and my Jonas slash Stranger theories, I definitely like, film uh, my heart beating a little bit quicker and i was like oh i'm figuring this out Mm -hmm. and you know as i said last week when i when i kind of made that leap from enos and mickle's relationship to looking at what mickle's name meant and saw gift from god and was and and put it together with enos not being able to have kids i i was yeah i was very excited so i'm I'm getting more of the more of that kind of rush from the reflection on the episodes and the episodes themselves but um but there's definitely yeah i'm sure as as the the relationships between you know Jonas and marta as has been identified here with the, those kind of familial bonds come more into the story i will start to get those uh, get those feelings more as i'm watching it awesome uh okay last question from christopher it says uh when did it clock that noah was the same person in both time periods and what was it like see, seeing that he didn't age at all um i so I suspected, as soon as we met him in the scene where he introduced himself to Mickle, that he was already time traveling because mm-hmm. you know we know he that he knows the the hooded guys, so he has some kind of. Some and we kind of, we already knew as well that he was talking to Elizabeth at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so I, but but when when um when the the window drops down and and you know he says hello to Bartos, it was a sort of chill run down your spine kind of moment of oh okay yeah this guy is this guy is definitely kind of operating outside the laws of physics that that constrain everyone or most other people Mm -hmm. um and as we've said before as well it's really compounded by the 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 audio stingers that follow him around and just the way it's uh, he's a great character now right like he i i joke about him sort of having the hello i'm the villain sign written around his neck (laughs) but, uh, but um it's it's nice it's really i think one of the things i loved about this episode so much was just the introduction of noah so you you we actually have an antagonist now like we know who the who who we're rooting against so to speak um, yeah but yeah he, he's uh every time he's on the screen is i've kind of <laughs> i haven't really answered that question there but every time he's on the screen he's he's amazing yeah awesome uh okay next question from again i hope i pronounce this correctly uh it's Dreiza, i hope um correct me if i'm wrong uh so here's a couple of questions and now this might be a case of you know this particular listener for some reason wants to point you down somewhere you know so we'll we'll go down this rabbit hole okay send me some like throw the throw the stick and i will go and fetch it (laughs) yeah okay so uh conrad said that ellie's ellie's and uh, charlotte's relationship is strange i think she's referring to I say, sorry, I say she. I think they're they're referring to when um, you said about like it's as if Ellie wears the trousers in the household. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, okay. So I'll, there was one particular moment when they say goodbye to each other when Charlotte drops Ellie off at school, where Ellie kind of drags Charlotte's head down to her. Like it's after she said, "Um, Yasin and I are dating," and she sort of drags Charlotte's head down to hers and presses her forehead against Charlotte's head, and it's it feels like the kind of thing you would do with your kid which i'm not i'm not saying that i think 
I'm not saying I think anything there, okay. but it just struck me as odd that Ellie is the one doing that to Charlotte. Like it, it struck me that it should be the other way around. Like Charlotte should be the one who's kind of, you know, pressing her head into Ellie, her forehead into Ellie's and, you know, giving her a kiss and stuff. And Ellie's the one who's actually doing it. It, it just, yeah, there's something, I, I can't quite put my finger on it yet, but there is something about that relationship where it feels like Ellie is the one who's in charge, who, who just in her sort of physical mannerisms and the way she talks to her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously knowing what we know now about people being sent back through time, it, it's, yeah, there's potential for something interesting there. <laughs> but I don't, I like, I'd be surprised if we... If, if that that's a very like long way off if that's if that is something that's going to happen i can't see that being revealed anytime soon if what, there happen, is if what, happen, what happened what do you mean well so like we know that obviously mickle i'm just trying to make you explicitly state the ludicrous thing that you're you're <laughs> dancing around <laughs> right, so okay. that we can all, all have right. a laugh right. at you you want me to say it i'll say it i think <laughs> like, i think ellie might be uh might be charlotte's mum that's my that's my that's my that's my theory based on how they are with each other like i know like i know that sounds ridiculous but just the way they are with each other it's it doesn't feel like ellie it feels like ellie is the parent and charlotte is the child and maybe maybe that's just kind of um maybe that's just a statement on their relationship as a family that you know charlotte is not a particularly maternal figure and ellie is better at being maternal despite being nine or ten or however old she is yeah but we we know kids are being sent from their correct time to other times and i wonder if it it cuts both ways as well where they're like (laughs) taking they're like going really far back in time well i guess it'd be the same thing but they're going really far back in time to take charlotte's mum when she was a kid and then sending her forward in time to be charlotte's kid i don't know but that's you know it's out there now (laughs) (laughs) all right that's okay you've said it right theory has life and i i look forward to being proven to be completely wrong uh awesome now here's something that i love that they've pointed out here because neither you or i talked about it i think i have thought about this in the past but we completely didn't mention this the fact that noah like what do you think about the fact that noah uh when he when he communicated with ellie he must have been speaking sign language that's yeah that is interesting but I suppose so, the, the, the rules of time and physics don't really apply to him. So there's no harm in him doing a little sign language course. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got all the time in the world, quite literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, quite proud of that. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, know if there's much think, to say there other than they've pointed out that we didn't mention that. So I think, I think it's interesting that, I, you know, I'm still clinging to my theory that the kids are in on it. Because as, as was established in the last episode, the guy doesn't sign, or the, the hooded figure doesn't sign when he's speaking to, to Yasin. So, you know, Yasin's put, definitely play acting. Um, and then becomes Alexander and <laughs> <laughs> runs, runs the nuclear power plant, which definitely is going to happen as well. Um, I Yeah, that's, I, it's interesting. But I mean, Noah, the way he's being set up seems to be as this almost kind of literally omnipresent 
figure who's you know his control of of time is such that he's effectively a god that's that's kind of how i'm reading him at the moment so you know he he knows ellie from probably multiple different timelines or multiple different eras so he knows that 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 she's deaf mute and and you know probably like learn sign language while he's on the train between times or however it works in 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 his bizarre world in the delorean exactly yeah yeah okay last question from alex alex says uh and i've actually blanked out a bit of this because there's a slight spoiler in this question so i've blanked it out so whenever i put it on the video you won't be able to see it um you could ask conrad whether he notices certain references in themes or in scenes to other works like for example lost back to the future um I think we've already talked about some similarities to Back to the Future, possibly through the familial ties. Um, any other sort of, I think you've also alluded to themes of loss. Do you want to elaborate maybe on the themes of loss that you notice? Yeah. I mean, there's just the, um, there's the idea of, I, I mean, loss is very explicit, but and I, to be honest, I'd never actually really got this far with loss, but there's kind of idea of them being in purgatory, which doesn't actually, apparently doesn't actually turn out to be the case, but everyone kind of called it that it was going to be purgatory. So they changed it. Um, yeah. I think but, that's what happened. But that idea of kind of existing in this predetermined space where you can only fulfill a certain role and you'll start and finish a, a set before you even start. Yeah. Uh, that that's um that's definitely something that, that the Lost plays with as well. But that's not to say that Lost kind of invented that idea. Um, but I think to be honest with Dark, there's it, I think the the similarities to Lost are really just in terms of I suppose tonal and also things like some of the more sort of production choices like the score and mm-hmm. the, the the way episodes are structured to reveal certain things but but dark is really it is really its own thing and it, yeah. it's interesting actually I, I was i was listening back to some of the stuff from the first episode the other day and we obviously talked a lot in that about how it feels like it's pulling from 80s horror which i yeah, think the yeah. first episode is Definitely but is. But there's not actually that much of that in there. Obviously, there's there's some mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic choices, but it's it's really interesting how it it's moves very away from sub- that quite quickly. Yeah, and and it's really subtle with how it uses its its influences. You know, so in this episode, Ulrich is quoting the Breakfast Club, and there, you know, there's the pressing the play on the tape recorder and a song yeah. playing for a montage. There's little things like that, but. the the way they they leverage them is so smart because rather than it you know rather than it being i'm going to press play on this tape recorder and then we're going to have like an upbeat montage where everyone's dancing or you know doing something that would feel very 80s it's instead playing some very somber music over a montage which reveals that that you know hannah is is filing um like rape allegations with the police mm-hmm. you know so it, it, it just it takes these it takes these influences and does its own thing with them in a really interesting way but it actually makes it quite difficult to kind of spot after a certain point yeah yeah i would agree with you um I, I, the way i like my wife is a artist and the way she would describe it and i've quoted her in a video of mine before uh the way she describes it is the, the aim and the dark definitely gets this perfect the aim is not to copy something uh or, or just to interpret something the way the way is to be inspired by so many different things and to reference so many different things that what you have at the end is an unrecognizable piece of original work yeah absolutely like that's that is how it feels like you can 
you can you can point at little things so like you said in the first episode you know Jonas's yellow mac feels very Stephen King um you know there's lots of synth in the score which feels very John Carpenter but but they're just these little kind of tidbits that um that are that are thrown in there that that add up to far more than the sum of their parts and something that's completely unique yeah exactly all right just before we end uh, i just want to say we, we talked about lost there for a second and about purgatory and how it was originally going to be about purgatory and then they changed it because the fans guessed it now i know there's someone listening to this video <laughs> who's sitting there rolling their eyes oh my god two more idiots who didn't get it right now to that person i'm speaking to you directly go and watch my video why dark didn't disappoint in that video i spent a good minute explaining the ending of lost i know how it ends i know i don't want to say it now because maybe conrad will watch it one day maybe not i definitely won't it'll be a slog but maybe someone listening to here will be there is value to watching it you know but it isn't perfect however watch that video and i promise you i understood the ending in fact i understood it on the first watch look at me eh? aren't i brilliant but anyway I just wanted to, because I just wanted to stop the the comment coming underneath. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's always going to be that comment. You know, you oh, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there's all the, you know, oh, two two more idiots. You know. I mean, I am an idiot. I will happily admit that I'm an idiot who has judged Lost without seeing. I think I saw. I can't even remember how much of Lost I saw. It wasn't enough to come away with any kind of lasting impression. Clearly. Um, oh, at least these these days it's a real slog to watch because there is um. It is so much filler. It's like 24 episodes or something. Like, there's a whole episode ba- like devoted to them making a table tennis table. But, but it is, and there's a whole episode devoted to them making a golf course. But because you have to fill it, you have to fill TV. But if it was made in this era and I had 10 episodes per season, it would be rem- remembered much more fondly because they wouldn't have had to string everyone along for so long and change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but the first three series, especially, there's a lot of merit to them. Anyway, just wanted to stop that person commenting. Um, <laughs> if you still want to comment, just go ahead. If you stopped watching the video, maybe, maybe they heard us say that and they're like, I'm out of here. And they leave a comment on the way out. But No, they're off watching your video. Your uh, dark, What did you say it was called? Why the Dark, why dark Season 3 Won't Disappoint. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're off watching that now. So you've just earned yourself another view there. Yes. Okay. Make sure you Progress. watch to the end. I, I want that uh, average view time to be high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys i think that's us for the week this week Connor, what do you think yeah uh it's been an amazing week i i cannot wait for the next week i i just i like i feel like we're off to the races now yeah and there's been a lot of people who are commenting in conrad saying they can't believe that you're actually waiting a week between each to watch i i really don't want to i'm finding it really hard not to and netflix is just you know this is this is such an awful way to watch something on netflix because every time i watch it it just starts the little bar comes off at the bottom being like next episode yeah <laughs> and, I, and i have to i have to quit out and yeah. then the, the bloody autoplay of the trailer for season three starts playing and i have to avert my eyes and turn my tv off so i don't see anything yeah like you just see like the, the netflix symbol coming up for the season three trailer and you just have to you know what actually you know what i would do to make sure you avoid that yep i wonder if there's a way you do this just make a new profile on your netflix and only watch dark in that profile i could do that yeah yeah i I think that might be what you should do because i yeah but it's it's uh, i can't even look at my screen while i'm doing it i have to get my partner to do it for me so that i, I uh as soon I, I as yeah as, like, you actually get your partner to to, to be do the browsing through netflix yeah just I, don't, I, like, I have to like basically put myself in a sensory deprivation chamber until i'm ready <laughs> until the episode's <laughs> ready to go and then i can be exposed to it <laughs> 
Uh, that's great. Okay, so um, I don't think we have anything else to say. Make sure uh, to subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Make sure to subscribe to us on audio apps if that's something that you like to do to listen to podcasts uh, with the audio. Most people do. Um, apart from that, I think that's all we have to say for this week, and we'll see you on Monday. What do you think, Conrad? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.